0: ESPN LA 710.
1: Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre- and post-game shows, tune in to The Experience with LaFern Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with LaFern Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6
0: a.m. ESPN LA 710.
2: Raise a child recruits, educates, and nurtures supportive relationship equally with all prospective foster and adoptive parents while partnering with agencies to improve the process of advancing foster children to safe, loving, and permanent homes. For more information on Raise a Child, please go to raiseachild.org.
0: ESPN LA 710.
2: Welcome to the Experience here on ESPN LA 710. I'm LaFern Cusack. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're talking Raise a Child with Rich Valenza, founder and CEO of Raise a Child, and Anthony Bright, Development and Communications Manager. Gentlemen, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thank you. Thanks for having us.
2: Now, I was so fortunate to meet you, gentlemen, the other day at the uh, Nonprofit Communications and Media Network, which is uh, ncmnetwork.org. And uh, we were talking about how the foster care system here in Los Angeles is the largest in the United States. Can you talk about that, Rich, and why you founded Raise a Child?
1: Well, I'll tell you, LaFerne. To start with the the welfare the child welfare system in L.A. is the largest uh, in the country. We have over thirty four thousand kids in the foster system here in L.A. Now. 18,000, a little over 18,000 of those children have been removed from their families uh, because of reasons of uh, neglect, um, abuse, uh, things like that, um, very, uh, in some cases, very inimaginable um, reasons why the children have been removed from their families. And, and what the The L.A. County Department of Children and Family Services does is then work with those families to get them back on track, Um, uh, whether it be opioid addiction or, you know, falling on hard times or or anger management, whatever. The county is there uh, really to protect the children of Los Angeles and then also to help get the families reunified. Um, hopefully, uh, they can find and place the child with a aunt and uncle, grandparent, whatever it may be. But if not, um, this is where Raise a Child comes in. We need to find, uh, help the county in finding more people, good people, who have room in their hearts and in their homes to bring these children in on a temporary basis until their families can get back on their feet, or sometimes permanent
2: basis. Yes. And you guys recruit, you educate, and nurture supportive relationships equally with all prospective foster and adoptive parents. Can you talk about how that process goes to bring in families to help with Raise a Child?
1: So we, you know, I don't know if people have uh, seen our streetlight banners around Los Angeles. They're all over Los Angeles in the valley, um, East Los Angeles uh, on the west side, but also down in Long Beach as well. Uh, Look up at the streetlight banners and you'll see the diverse groups of people that we welcome here at Raise a Child. Um, We welcome people of All diversities, all family structures, we do not discriminate at all because the truth is we need as many good people to do this as we can find. Um, So we do this, uh, and and thank you for having us on your show, that we could uh, reach out to more people, and we invite them to come to our website, it's raiseachild.org, and there uh, we will you know, share some information and gather your information and then we have a team of people that are actually foster and adoptive parents that will reach out and talk to you, uh, talk to the folks, uh, find out their dreams, their concerns, their their attitudes toward this and then we will match them up with a foster and adoption agency that would be uh, very honored to work with them. And then we stay as their mentor through the process. You uh, described us very well there. Thank you. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's a, it's a difficult process. When I went through it um, probably about 14 years ago, I took the classes. And there were some things that were said because I was, you know, a single man and a gay man going through the process. I wasn't sure really at times that I was really welcome to do it. And uh, I decided that if I make it through... I want to go back and make it easier for all people to, to go through this, and that was kind of my goal, and here we are almost seven years later, and we have helped or been in contact with over 8,200 uh, uh, different uh, family sets, uh, not only here in Southern California, but also around the country. And we have a great network of very good agencies that will welcome and be honored to work with these folks and help them build the families, whether they want to be a foster parent or if they want to adopt.
2: Yes. And a- Anthony, uh, as the development and communications manager, how did you get on board with Raise a Child?
0: Well, I was brought on fa- fairly recently, actually, my first encounter with Child was actually an information session, and in that information session, I got to meet a lot of the families that are involved with raise a child uh some of the actual youth that um, have been adopted and I got to hear a lot of the stories and that was really what captivated me being able to hear the accounts of individuals that had gone through the foster process and uh, gone through the process to uh, turn their Um, temporary fostering of a child into a permanent adoption. And um, just seeing a lot of the emotions, seeing a lot of the faces, the the diversity of the crowd. I mean, we're talking white, black, Asian, um, Hispanic, uh, gay, straight, single couples. It was um, definitely something that really drives home the the importance of family and uh, the importance of allowing love to define what family is. So that uh, pretty much had me sold. And ever since then, I've been a proud staff member here at Raise a Child.
2: Yeah. And you guys were so gracious. I was asking you so many questions and I was telling you that that foster children here in los angeles and around the world actually um that's one of my things that we talk about a lot on the show and we talk about like athletes that were raised in the foster system or or adopted Mm -hmm. like babe ruth and um Mm -hmm. dante or alonzo harding um morning. And also, you know, Steve Jobs, and there's a lot of people that were in the system and also give back. I had a lot of questions because... You know people are saying well these the children from the borders are being shipped to different foster agencies uh, around the country did you guys are you guys affected by that and have you seen a rise in children coming into la
1: we've found that that, yes uh these children most recently in the news uh, that are coming across the border and being separated from their parents in uh, texas have been uh, shipped here uh, to, uh, to uh, Southern California. They are in some of the uh, group homes with the agencies, and um, a few of these kids have made their way into our foster system as well. Um, I have to say, you know, the idea of dividing up uh, these children from their parents I don't know, LaFerna. Did you ever go into a grocery store and your mom made a turn or whatever and you lost your parent there? And remember as a kid, the panic that you felt or remember oh, yes. as like every, every year that I went to school on that first day in September when you used to go to school in September, I was a nervous wreck for the yes. couple of nights before. So as what we're doing to these children or what we've done to these children, if that policy has changed, is really unimaginable and will scar them tremendously. Um, So, you know, we already have in this country a huge problem with the opioid um, crisis and epidemic and what that is doing to uh, the children. I'll try to tell this story quickly. I'm from central Pennsylvania. And uh, a very small town. And in my family, my one nephew uh, was the first relative in our family to become a a, a lawyer. And uh, back in the day, uh, when he went probably nine, ten years ago, when he went to college for it, Pennsylvania was discovered we were sitting over Marcella shell, where we were supposed to have, like, underneath our feet, a reserve of natural gas that would fuel the whole country for years, and so he decided in law that he would go study environmental law.
0: Mm-hmm. Since
1: then, he's gone back to our hometown. I went back to see him uh, and the family over Easter, and I said, "You know, how are you doing? How's the law firm? How are you doing with the with the natural gas and all that?" And he said, "You know, Uncle Rich actually." we don't see much of that. That never really took off here in central Pennsylvania. I said, so what are you doing? He said, well, you and I are kind of in the same business. I said, how's that? He said, every week I get called to court and that's another family and their kids are being taken away all because of opioid uh, crisis. And this has been kind of the heartland of this country. And it's happening here. It's happening in central Pennsylvania. It's happening in every state of uh, the union and kids are in crisis. Families are in crisis and we need more people to stand up and to, to help these families out, to help these kids out. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's definitely an epidemic and it touches everyone. And I talked to you guys, I talked to you guys about that again this week about, well, some people may have concerns about, well, is the child going to be addicted to opioids or to drugs? How do you guys handle that?
1: You know, there's all kind of science um, that you learn when you go through the process. When you go through this the training process and everything that we put the parents through to make sure that we're putting these kids in very safe and loving hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a pretty thorough uh, study that we do on each one of the families. And so you learn when you go through the process that if a child is born to an addicted mother, um, that is very curable. I mean, within, they help, the the hospitals help the babies go through withdrawals and in all of the science and all of the studies, there's nothing that sticks then later. You don't need to worry that maybe because a a baby was born uh, to an addicted mother that by 21, the kid's gonna be uh, at higher risk for being addicted at all, you know, LaFern. I don't know about your family. I don't know if you have uh, siblings or not. But in my family, there are—I have a younger sister, two older brothers, and we all have very similar traits. But I have one brother in particular. I don't know where he came from. <laughs> 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 so my point is, you don't know. You don't right. know what you got. Right. You don't know what you got until. These kids grow up. And like you said, there's so many famous athletes, successful businessmen, brilliant scientists out there that came from the foster care system that I believe we got to give these kids every chance possible because we don't know what we may be ignoring there. Yes. So, you know.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, Anthony, were you going to say something?
0: Oh, no, I was really just going to chime in on what Rich was saying. You, you don't necessarily get to choose your family. So in these situations where there is the fear of... Um, having a child who has other uh, challenges that you may not feel equipped to handle, I think it's important to, one, educate yourself and do what you d- would do with any child of yours that maybe right. came down with an illness or was afflicted by something um, um, uh, some, something unfortunate is, you know, as a parent, educate yourself, uh, equip yourself with, with the tools to see to it that your child is well taken care of.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm doing that now. My son is five years old and I'm just like, uh, uh, I don't I don't know. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me, let yeah, read me every do some research, can. right? Let <laughs> me see how yeah. I can encourage him. And, you know,
1: exactly. Exactly. And, you know, what we teach people to uh, the parents is it's important in all of this. um Definitely to take care of the child, but it's also important for us as parents because it's one of the hardest jobs out there. We need to also take care of ourselves um, so that we recharge our batteries, so we have the energy to take care of the kids in a good way as well. And maybe that's what happens to some of these families that are losing their children—that uh, you know they're working so hard or whatever it may be—and you know my heart goes out to those folks as well. Um, well- Go ahead.
2: Well, can you talk to me about the path to parenthood? So let's say I come in rich to raise a child and I say, yes, I'm very interested in becoming a foster parent. What would be the steps for me to be prepared and then take in, you know, a child?
1: So the first thing you would do once you'd came onto our website and gave us your information and then our folks will reach out to you and talk to you and find out what part of Southern California you live in and where you work so that we can recommend one or two agencies to you uh, that are convenient for you because we all know what traffic is like here and we want to make this as easy as possible. And then we would encourage people to go and uh, to meet or take an orientation with one or or two agencies and see who you connect with. Because really, it's important that you feel comfortable there because these people are going to help you build family. And that's a very big uh, investment on your side, too. So. Mm Once you um, discover the the agency that you want to work with, we'll help you schedule your training. And, you know, sometimes it's maybe three or four weekends uh, that you have to invest on a Saturday that you go uh, for training. Um, There's a a lot of paperwork that you have to fill out. Um, And a lot of it is designed to make you think, too, about what you're capable of, and and you know how many children or what type of child you would want, or what age of child would, you would want, um, you know there you do need to do a live scan, which is a fancy word for the fingerprinting uh, that has to be done to check records and all of that. Um, but the the key to all of this uh, then is to understand the benefits that you get from being a foster and adoptive parent. Uh, number one it's expensive to raise kids, that's for sure. So the yes. the state and the government understands that. And so they will make a deposit, in, once you get a child, they'll make a deposit right into your bank account every month like clockwork. It's averages like between 800 and $1,200. Um, And that money is not for you to go off to Vegas. That Mm -hmm. money is for you (laughs) to buy shoes for the child, buy uh, equipment if they want to do flag football or ballet or whatever it may be. Um, Things that you can, that will help you enrich the life of that child Mm -hmm. and support. you know, the food and everything. I'd never been to Ralph's more when I got my kids. I was there like every other day buying stuff. I had no idea.
2: Yeah. I didn't either. And so
1: from there you get um, insurance, health insurance, dental insurance, um, eyeglasses, all of that kind of thing that's covered for these children until they're at least they're 18. And in some cases it goes on to 21 as well. So, uh, and then there 's all kinds of supportive services uh, that raise a child will help you discover you know if you have a if you keep fostering the child and they, they get to the college age, the local community colleges they can attend for free um, so there's that benefit as well so there's so many good things tied into helping these kids because these kids. No one asked to be abused. No one asked to be um, to, to be malnourished, and it's happening to them. And as best as we can, we want to reverse that and and create bright futures for these kids.
2: You said you were a single parent. How did that work? Because I know uh, some people had a lot of a lot of difficulty in becoming a foster parent because they were single.
1: Well. I hope you will send those people to us
2: because okay.
1: <laughs> we we work with the agencies um, that, you know, welcome single parents. Um, there are also if uh, you have a, a young child, school age child or preschool, um, there are services that we could recommend and direct you to so that you can go to work and know that your child does have childcare as well. So there is that. And the other thing where I mentioned, you know, the people that will call you or email you as soon as you come onto our website, um, they they work with the, the social oh. ed, um, nothing, she was oh. silent on the phone. and. I said, hello, are you there? And she said, yes. I said, well, I thought this phone call would go a little (laughs) different. And she said, "Um, well, I'm just concerned. I'm worried for you. I said, what do you mean you're worried? And she said, you know, first of all, you're a gay man, so the government is never going to give you a kid. And if they Mm. do, they're not going to give you a good kid. Mm. And I have to say that, you know, that kind of blew me away in the moment, Um, but What has happened now, my kids, I met them at four and five. They're now 16 and 18. And um, I think my mother loves these grandchildren, uh, you know, around the (laughs) the top of the the heat here. Because my my daughter, ever since the first phone call she had with my mother, she would end the phone call with, I love you, Grandma. And that's all my mom needs. Um, Yes. (laughs) So... That, you know, kind of melted her heart and continues. And now I know that when they hang up the phone, my mother hangs on until she hears that from my my daughter. And, you know, my kids have gone through a lot in their in their life and their time in, in foster care. And as you know, like one person, I think that, you know, whatever I can do for my kids, as you want to do for your son, you know, it's. I don't love my kids any different than you love your child. And, um, you know, they're a part of me.
2: Right. But also, Rich, what you're saying about the preconceived notions your mother had about you and about the children, a lot of people across the country think like that, you know? Exactly. 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 And I, I think exactly. it, it's up to us and that that's why I'm so glad you both are on the show to you know raise awareness about yes, we can give back. Yes, we're able to help the children, you know, succeed in life, to provide them with a happy home, with with people that love and want to protect them and care for them. So Rich how do you navigate through that to where you you cut through the biases of what some people have of these perceived things of what it means to raise a child
1: So you know I kind of believe that when you look at this challenge with with people and their preconceived notions and their biases against kids in foster care um you have to go back in history a bit and I look at, I remember when I was growing up, there was a girl that lived on the same street uh, as the neighbor, friend of ours, who the, the family adopted her and it was something back in that day where it was kind of hush hush, you know, it was I didn't find out till later that this girl was adopted. And as a kid, it meant no different to me. But I remember how my parents and the neighbors would like whisper, Oh, she's adopted, as if it was a bad thing. And, you know, I think it came from the shame of how the child was, you know, given up or whatever that may have may have been. But now we're And, you know, and I address it with my kids from being very honest and open with them. And to me, if you adopt somebody, that's like the biggest uh, demonstration of love that you could make, that you're willing to to take this person into your life and raise them as though they were your own. And it's a decision that you make. It's a loving decision you make by choice. It's not that, hey, I went out. A couple nine months ago, and had a great time. And this is what I got. (laughs) This is a decision that you've made to expand your life in a way um, and make a huge commitment. So we start it from there. And when you think about it, and you address it, that you know this is a knowing decision that you make. There's no other way to uh, to promote this than to. Be proud of those people that are doing it. Be proud of these kids and the families that they're walking into. And, you know, we're building a community at Raise a Child of People. And uh, so we have an an event uh, coming up here. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because while it's a parents' night out, going back to that thing about, you know, parents needing to recharge their battery, (laughs) I I know and I can – to see the 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 family pictures on the christmas cards that we get um of the parents with the kids and you know following them on social media and seeing how the kids have graduated from 3rd grade and going on to 4th grade and all of that it's really an amazingly beautiful thing uh to see These families, some with their own birth children that they've uh, been raising, and then they're adding a foster child or adoptive child in this way and being proud of it.
2: Right. Absolutely. Now, Rich, you have been in marketing and development for broadcast media and nonprofit organizations. Can you tell me uh, what you brought into your talents that you brought into raise a child to get so much support from our community? Cause I'm on your events page on your website, raiseachild.org, And he, it looks like you have a lot of support.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I'm very fortunate years ago. Um, I worked in New York in the fashion industry for menswear designers. And then when I moved to L.A., um, you know, when I was in New York, we were always dressing the host of Entertainment Tonight, whoever that may have been, and uh, with the different designers. And I came out here and it started um, Pat O'Brien, who used to be the host of uh, Entertainment Tonight, uh, had CBS Sports do a talk show uh, pilot with him, and from that, where we dressed him in uh, Canali, uh, we then uh, got called by CBS years ago when they did their first Winter Olympics, and they said, you know, we're worried about what our guys are going to dress like in France, you <laughs> know, <it's, laughs> what are they going to do, and so they uh, flew me into New York. And I didn't really even have a company then. I just called all my uh, friends that weren't working that day. So we went into a meeting in a conference room with probably about 14 or 15 CBS executives on one side of the table. And I had with me eight of my girlfriends uh, that I uh, was friendly with in New York who could uh, leave uh, work a little early for this meeting. And so we kind of balanced the table and convinced them that we were the company to hire to do their wardrobe and that was 30 years ago 32 That's awesome. years ago i love and that story thank you and so we are now under contract still with cbs sports we do all the talent uh, wardrobes for the nfl today and the ncaa basketball tournament and all of that so all of the, those guys and uh, we also work with a network that you're pretty familiar with, too, but I'm not supposed to say. And also MLB Network, NHL Network, and uh, Showtime Sports as well. So, yeah, the, the networks have been very generous to us with this event in supporting Raise a Child and what we do. And the menswear and womenswear companies, too, are very, very supportive of us as well.
2: Now, Rich, what do you do when you have an on-air talent that wants to put their own style in it? I mean, I mean it transitioned from where everything was classic <laughs> and, you know, basic to something like outrageous. Do you remember that transition?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I can say we... Dion Sanders used to be part of the NFL uh, Today show. And uh, with Dion, it was very clear that Dion has Dion's taste and all. He's a terrific guy. Um, and so we let him do, because it's important, too, that these guys, and we try to help them uh, develop their own brand, their own style. Uh, so, you know, usually our philosophy is, if people are looking at your tie, they're not listening to what you're saying. <laughs> and so we try to make the, the wardrobe make sense for, you know, what you're seeing on air. Now, right. sometimes we've had guys wear jackets and things that, you know, it's like, don't tell anybody I did that. <laughs> but, uh, but in general, we want everybody to have their own style, their own uh, voice and so we we work with designers uh for the most part, and help them accomplish that
2: so you you brought your partnerships with with these agencies with these companies, and you introduced them to raise a child in what ways do they support your organization
1: well um I'll tell you what, we, in uh, the silent auction and live auction that we have uh, for this event, we have some pretty amazing tickets. Uh, CBS Sports gave us two AFC championship tickets. And last year, these tickets were prime. Uh, oh. So the guy that won it last year at our event is coming back this year with his guns blazing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And... Uh, We also are – one of the live auction events is the opportunity JetBlue is flying uh, two people from L.A. or wherever in the country to go to New York, and I'll be there, and uh, they get to go on the set of the NFL Today show, so they get to meet – James Brown and Coach Cower, who's the nicest guy, um, Phil Simms, great guy too, Boomer Esiason, and Nate Burleson. And uh, so they get to shake hands, do pictures, all of that kind of thing. And then they get to hang out in the broadcast center for the rest of the day watching all the games that are being broadcast. Uh, and then we're taking them to a designer showroom on that Monday to suit them up in clothing that some of the talent wear. It's a pretty amazing package. And, you know, uh, so I'm very thankful for the sports networks to support us in
2: that way. Yes. And Anthony, how do you reach out to organizations or people that may want to donate to uh, your organization?
0: Well, if anyone is interested in donating, they can reach us at our website, uh, at raiseachild.us or raiseachild.org. Um, and also, like I said uh, before, you can contact us on our social media at Raise a Child on Facebook and Raise a Child on Instagram. Um, we're really looking to develop a lot of uh, partnerships and relationships with other organizations um, similar to our own and also corporate organizations. Anybody that has a uh, corporate giving or um, anybody that has a community um based initiative, and they would like to support an organization like ours, we encourage you to learn more about Raise a Child, give us a call, and we'd be happy to let you know more about what we do here.
2: Well, that's very interesting because I know, like, maybe about 10 years ago or so, I was working with a lot of nonprofit organizations and, you know, I have them on my show and a lot of them did not want to partner with organizations that are doing similar (laughs) things because they feel that they're in competition. And I'm like, wait a second, but if you guys put your energy together, just imagine how much more people you can reach together. Rich, can you talk about that and how that... that helps you with raise a child.
1: So, you know, um, I totally agree with you. It's funny. Um, When, you know, started this organization seven years ago and, you know, let people know that, hey, I'm all about collaboration with this and this is the way we're going to grow. Um, And you're right. A lot of people, and and I'm, I'm looking here at Anthony, a lot of development people are, very protective of their yeah. donor base and all of that. And that I can understand. But yes. when it comes to the programs and the good that you can do, you know, it's always, I don't work here alone. I We have a great small staff, then we work our tails off. And, you know, realizing that it's not a one-man show is really the success that we've been seeing. And so, We have initiated partnerships not only with our 10 agency partners here in Southern California, but also national organizations so they can help us find those good and welcoming and inclusive agencies around the country where, you know, if someone on Facebook contacts us from Decatur, Georgia or, you know, Appleton, Wisconsin, we can tell them a agency and refer them to an agency that will take good care of them, and we can feel confident about that. Here, we're starting new, over the past year, we've been working in collaboration with UCLA, because they have a lot of um, history and research on on helping families. Uh, you know, they started with what they were doing for veterans returning from the Middle East with trauma that they experienced and what that did to their families. And we're applying those kind of principles to foster care and helping parents and plan to help many more parents uh, in foster care and adoption uh, take care of that trauma that they're children may have experienced in foster care.
2: Yes. So when you started the organization, you you started it here in LA with how many agencies did you work with? Initially,
1: it was three. It was LA County Department of Children and Family Services. It was an organization called Southern California Foster Family and Adoption Agency and a great organization called Penny Lane Centers. And The three of them at the time uh, started, and they had done research, and they discovered that um, the LGBT community was likely a big, uh, had big possibilities to step up and to foster and adopt. And so we started in that direction. And, you know, everybody that I was working with there, was schooled in social work and understand and, you know, could take care of families and children unlike I could. But what I had for them was the knowledge of media and marketing and all. And so we collaborated, like you were talking. And out of that came Raise a Child. And out of that came the realization that what we created to target the LGBT community if you tweak it this way or that way, it also works very well for single straight women, which is the second largest uh, demographic that we're, uh, that shows promise for uh, helping us solve the foster care crisis that we have in this country. For single straight men, for unmarried families or couples or whatever, and um, and then, you know, from different uh, diversities and communities around Los Angeles. So we, we developed this customer service kind of approach to helping foster and adoptive parents. And it's catching on. So we went from those three agencies now to 10. And I say that doesn't seem like such a big jump. But when you consider that many of these agencies are licensed in most counties from San Diego all the way up through Nevada, uh, we have our hands full with the agencies now. Yes. It's grown tremendously.
2: Now, uh, you, you talk about the LGBTQ community. of uh, mm-hmm. I remember it was it was a little while back and there was this big controversy with some agencies that didn't didn't want LGBTQ people to be foster parents or adopt. Exactly. And yes. I, I was sitting there and I'm like, wait a minute, you're discriminating against someone that r- wants to help a child.
1: Exactly. But exactly. You're,
2: but you're just sitting there not doing anything but complaining about <laughs> the people that are, are trying to do something. Exactly. It just blew my mind. But also, so, I didn't realize how much discrimination it, there was. I mean, it wasn't brought to my awareness until then that oh my goodness, right. yeah, people do have problems with that, you know?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, everybody has their own beliefs, but really, the law in California is that no agency can discriminate based on color, religion, uh, marital status, sexual preference, uh, or orientation. Um, you know, there there's no basis to allow for discrimination in California, and uh, you know that. I I have a niece back in Virginia who went to one foster and adoption agency and wanted to go through the process. And because she wasn't yet married to her fiance, they turned them away until they could come back and show their marriage license. Now, really, you know, here's a couple, they've been together now for 10 years, and they missed out on the opportunity of placing a child with them, because then she, you know, they built their family um, on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yes, I, I, you know, everyone's entitled to their, to their opinion, but then the law is the law. And right. so, you know, and then we have to put what's right for the child, too. And You know, with 34,000 children in L.A. County alone, I think we need to be much more open-minded and get the word out to many more good people.
2: Why do you think there are so many foster kids in the system here in uh, Los Angeles?
1: That's a great question. First of all, it's the size of L.A. County. Um, you know, it goes from way out in, like, Lancaster, uh, Antelope Valley, way out uh, in the desert near you know, uh, up and over the mountain range there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, we're the second largest city in the U.S., but the county is so expansive. Yes. Uh, that's one of the things.
0: And... Two, we have a – among our parent advocates that we have, we have a have a good time with other people who are like-minded, who have opened their hearts, opened their homes to, to, um, to young children in need. So we're going to be celebrating Lisa Joyner and John Cryer on this day as well. And the event is at the Jim Henson Company lot in Hollywood.
2: But it is sold out, so too bad. Maybe
0: yeah, next it, is. it <laughs> is sold out, but if you do want to continue to support uh, Raise a Child uh, once again, please visit our website and uh, feel free to donate. Feel free to uh, to um, follow us on social media. And although you can't be at honors this year perhaps you will learn about or raise a child, uh, love what we do, and decide that you want to um, RSVP in advance for next year.
2: Rich, do you have a lot of, since you do work with a lot of athletes, do you have a lot of athletes that maybe were in the foster care system or were adopted that come out to your events?
1: Yeah, it's a challenge uh, because when you have uh, events on, uh, on weekends, you know, and then it's a big sports weekend, too, right. in the summer and training and all of that kind of thing. It, it's a little tough to get them out. But throughout the year, we um, kind of tap our resources there and get them involved. Uh, Tony Gonzalez and his wife have been very generous to us. Uh, he's done uh, public service announcements for us in Spanish uh, that we've uh, reached out to the Latino community Um with, um, Dari Noka, um, an ESPN host on, uh, out of Charlotte there on SEC network. Uh, he has adopted and um, his, his wife has adopted a, a child and built their family through adoption and all. And uh, he's very supportive of us as well. And then as I mentioned, all of the networks uh, contribute tickets and experiences and all that uh, folks can't usually get. So yes. it's, uh, it's a great thing. And, you know, I believe strongly in the power of sports. Um, Charles Barkley has, uh, you know, kind of people think different things of him. I think the world is the guy because the guy speaks his mind and he's really changed uh, and opened the doors for so many people um, in, in, uh, in history of what he's done. Uh, He definitely strikes uh, forward with what he thinks is right and, you know, isn't afraid to speak his mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's really made a difference for the LGBT community, even, um, when he spoke out against uh, Indianapolis, you know, about the uh, final four and championship game and all that type of thing. So, yeah, I believe firmly, I think uh, it's not a big... Juxtaposition between the sports world and uh, what we're doing here in fashion, and uh, for foster and adoption, I think it all—we found a way to link it
2: all, yes. and it's
1: uh, paying off.
2: Yeah, which is great because it's like you're able to, and and I when I talked to you guys this past week at the event at CBS, I was telling you how you know this show we're able to introduce uh, issues. Uh, in, to fans, to athletes in ways that they would never hear it otherwise if sports weren't around it in some way.
1: And ESPN is, you know, so tied in. You're so part of the foundation of sports as well. I mean, you're the, the uh, you know, one of the big go-to resources there. So I greatly appreciate this opportunity, your, uh, opportunity that you're affording us.
2: Yeah, I was so excited to meet you guys. I was like, oh my gosh. And then this, this other person canceled and I was like, wait a second, I know the great people that have come on. (laughs) So again, I thank you for coming on last minute. Now, Rich, can you tell me the type of events that you have? A lot of nonprofits have event after event after event. How do you, as, you know, someone who is an expert in marketing and development, how do, how do you, choose what raise a child is going to do throughout the year?
1: So, you know, one of those challenges about fostering and adopting, so many times we hear, well, it's expensive to adopt. And It can be expensive to adopt. If you go the route of hiring an attorney and then trying to be matched with a pregnant mom who is about to deliver that you would take, uh, you know, that she would agree to give you her baby, that's the expensive route to adopt. When you're going uh, through the foster to adopt uh, process, there's actually maybe the charge of the live. Uh, live scan the fingerprinting, but other than that, there's no expenses in fact, you know we went over the benefits where you actually get uh support every month for your child so um yeah there there's there is all of uh that I'm sorry, I lost my train <laughs> what was oh, no.
2: well, um just for like you as you know the c e o and founder of raise a Child. You know, yeah. Anthony was talking about the events that you guys have. How do oh, you
1: oh, oh, choose? Right. So, so uh, yes, you, you put the train back on the, the track for me. <laughs> so, you know, the... It, it, Keeping in mind that people are confused about the cost of uh, and the no cost to adoption, we only do two fundraisers a year. We do this one in the, the spring-summer of the year uh, called Honors, and then we do one in the fall called Harvest. But that's it for the events that we charge people to attend, and that helps us go through the rest of the year because throughout the rest of the year, we do probably on average 13 to 15 events from San Diego to Northern California, but mostly concentrated here in L.A. County and Orange County, sometimes Riverside and San Bernardino. But these are free events. These are an hour and a half events where we meet people at the door with a glass of Prosecco because I don't know about you, but, you know, sometimes you walk into a party and you are just so uncomfortable and especially a party where you're going to possibly change your entire life. So we hand out a little glass of Prosecco um, to people to kind of take the edge off. And then we bring them in and we explain and we have uh, some parents talk to them, to them. and um, really very rapidly, all of their uh, nervousness kind of melts away. You can see the transition in the people. Yes. And we by the end of the night, we have them being introduced to agencies that are there to work with them, uh, to build relationships with them. And so those 13 to 15 events uh, keep us very busy, uh, yes. but they are completely free to the public. And we welcome everybody to those. And soon, I'd say in the next couple of months, if people keep an eye on our website or sign up on uh, on social media with us, we'll be letting you know the next um like the next group of events that we're going to be doing where everyone can come for free.
2: Oh, excellent. So uh, now I talked about how we met at the uh, nonprofit communications and media network, which is uh, ncmnetwork.org. And Andy Weiser is the president uh, and chair of the organization NCM Network. Um, How did you guys get involved with that?
1: I got an invitation uh, from Andy to uh, speak on a panel uh, as a nonprofit. profit uh, you know, Raise a Child does, we do pretty well for ourselves on the marketing end of it, and it was about marketing and how to navigate, uh, you know, with small budgets to get big bangs for your buck and, and getting the word out about your organization, so... Um, there was an event uh, at BuzzFeed, and uh, I was on the panel there. It was a, a great experience. So, uh, what, so that was the first. And then the event that an- uh, Anthony and I went to and where we met you, that was our second.
2: Yeah, oh, okay, great. Yeah, it was great. So well, what, what did you get out of it, Anthony, that – I mean, did you have any expectations going there? And if so, what what were they, and what did you get out of that?
0: Well, I try to usually – kind of leave my or keep my expectations at a minimum because I think sometimes that's a good way to um, meet disappointment. (laughs) But uh, going into the event. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was very surprised. I think working in nonprofit, a lot of times you wonder how it is that you're going to get in front of somebody um, in the media or somebody who has the ability to really blast what it is that you're trying to say. And, um, really uh, let the public know about your cause. So a lot of nonprofits struggle with that. So for the, the network to be facilitating that and also be doing it for um, 60 years, I believe, it's, it's really amazing. It's really great work. Um, and obviously it works because we are here talking to you <laughs> and we're able to let everybody know about raise a child and um, it's just a wonderful opportunity. So um, we, we are definitely very thankful.
1: You were a bright light in the room.
0: I Aww. never saw anybody with as big a smile
1: and so nice and welcoming. Thank you. Aww.
2: I, uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for saying that. And I felt the same about you guys. That's why I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I mean, it's really true. Cause it's like y- you meet people, but then there are people that you radiate with that. It's like, wow, they're really doing great things. I- and, Having the show, I'm like, oh, I want to share. I want to share what you guys are doing. So, Good. again, thank you. Now, Rich, um, you were talking about some tips. Can you give some tips for nonprofit organizations to get a big bang for their buck uh, if they don't have well, any marketing Well, you know, it,
1: it, again, it goes back to that collaboration. Um, you know, if you are part of a nonprofit, if you are part, uh, you know, a, a uh, part of a business. You have to kind of assess what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And, you know, this is something that we preach all the time to our agency partners that if you don't have uh, like a salesman kind of mentality uh, calling up people that are interested in learning more about um, uh, fostering and adopting, then you need to look at. That phone call in a different way that uh, you know you're really calling up a friend to help them. so it's it's like taking a self assessment and figuring out what strengths you have and where you excel, and then where you may fall a little bit under, and then find partners that fit that, like a hand in a glove. Um, so that you can make your organization, you can make your mission, whole, um, mm-hmm. by partnering. And so, you know, we kind of do that and then it works to your favor that, you right. know, that success breeds success and you go on from there and people want to be part of the party, kind of like our events. Yes. And, uh, and so it, it, it goes on. So it's a, a good thing. One big thing I learned though, too, from the event that we met you at uh, this week is a, a very, Good point that, you know, if there is something in the news that is, you know, grabbing the interest of the public, you need to find a way to relate it to the work that you're doing. And, you know, for us right now, all of the talk about the family separation, which is just astounding, um, and the the kids being separated and, you know, moved away uh, from their families, that very much is tied to what we're doing and to the fact that, you know, we're trying to help not only those kids that um, are ending up in the foster system, but the kids that are already here in the U.S. in the foster system. So yes. it's um, amazing. We're we're getting uh, emails from news organizations that want to come to the event and, and cover it and, uh, you know, show the positive spin
2: on there. So, yes. That's great. Well, what what do you think is the outlook for foster care and adoption here in Los Angeles and and, and around um, the U.S.?
1: You know, my my hope, um, you know, sometimes like uh, when you're raising a child, uh, it's hard to see the growth in them when you see them every day and every night, (laughs) you know, you have to step back. But when I step back from this organization, from where we were nearly seven years ago to see, um, you know, it used to be that we couldn't get uh, 100 people to one of our fundraising events. And uh, now we're looking at uh, 700 and we had to cut it off. Um, You know, if, if you believe you hear it in actors all the time, you hear it in athletes, uh, Olympic athletes, especially too, that, you know, it's such a dedication for them to getting up. I have a niece that gets up at, uh, three every morning during school to go swim and train and all of that. Um, it really takes dedication and focus and, uh, being smart about what you're doing. Uh, you know, there's, and if you keep, On that track, if you keep the ultimate goal in mind, um, you're going to get there. And as far as foster care, to answer your question, I really see a movement. Um, You know, this is the first month that Anthony's been with us. I think he'll see you tomorrow uh, tomorrow night at our event. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll introduce him to a lot of the families who have some very good things to say about us. And... You know, wonderful things to say about the children that they have brought into their lives. And, uh, it's very moving. And how can you stop a train from going like that?
2: Yes, absolutely. And, uh, again, congratulations to you, Anthony, for, you know, getting on board with Raise a Child and for introducing me to Rich. And Rich, thank you so (laughs) much for your work. Uh, you guys are doing wonderful work in our community and around the U.S., and I thank you, again, Mr. Rich Valenza, founder and CEO of Raise a Child, and Anthony Bright, development and communications manager of Raise a Child. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, so much.
0: Hey, thank you. Thank you. It Appreciate great.
2: it. I'm Lafern Cusack. This is ESPN LA. For more information on Raise a Child, go to raiseachild.org. I'll see you next week. You're on ESPN LA 710.
0: ESPN LA 710.